And we say hello to you here for episode 44 of the Cherokee Rewind. I am Mick. Thanks for hanging out with us. And, well, my pleasure right now to be, hey, I got a local guy this time around. I got really a local. Last time we had to go cross over into Hungary and uh, across the pond. And now this time around, we're going to have a guy here who's basically uh, crossed the Maumee River. Anyway, uh, but uh, good, good guy. Uh, now, this and by the way, it's Paul Bose joining us here. Paul played back at the uh, beginning, at the turn of the century here. Uh, Paul, I, I always do this where I take a guess uh, at what jersey you wore, and I'm trying to remember. I uh, was it, it I'm, I'm, my, in my head. I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I usually get it wrong anyway, but I think if I remember correctly, was it? Could uh, some reason twenty one pops in my head, but. Uh, <laughs> You're close know. there. You're close there, Mick, with my, my lucky number 12. 12 was the, uh, the number that, uh, yeah, I, I had as a, as a Cherokee and uh, has followed me actually quite a bit through life moving forward. So lucky number wow. 12 is my, is my number. Yep. Okay, close so I had the numbers too. inverted. What do I know? <laughs> it but, was uh, close, no, yeah, Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, so let me uh, uh, welcome, by the way. And now uh, Thank you, it's Thank funny. Thank you for having me. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. You know, it seems funny because it's like I haven't seen you in pretty much almost 20 years. And yet it's like, man, as soon as I said hello, it was like, boom, it was back around 2000, 2001 right away again, because it was it just time flies so fast. But the thing is, is that like most anything, especially with hockey guys, I've noticed you may not see somebody for a long time, but as soon as you run across each other, start it's like you just pick up where you left off. You just, you know, you just chat and it's like, wow, this is great. You know, it's like always a pleasure to, you know, talk to those guys, you know, um, and yeah, same it really is incredible. You know, I, I don't, I don't get, I, I, I don't, um, I guess I should say, I don't take it for granted because life is short, but, you know, it's funny, the uh, the camaraderie, because it's only in hockey, I find, anyway. Uh, I don't find this in basketball or baseball or football, but the nicknames that people call you, you know? It was like, you know, uh, you know, I mean, whether it was, you know, um, we, call, we used to call uh, uh, Dan Mays. We used to call him Bobby. And there are people Mays, that yeah. still call him, they still call him Bobby. Oh there yeah, are we had a few good people. nicknames on our team. Yeah, from from Bobby Mays Hayes, we had uh, Jeppy. Jeppy was a good one. Oh yeah, uh, Goth. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, Crowlack. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think we had quite yeah, a few yeah, good Crow. nicknames. <laughs> Crow. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, yeah, and the funny part is, is that people still like refer to each other as that, even though they're professionals now, have careers or whatever they're doing. It's like, you know, you know, and you guys are older now, so you guys are in your, you know, uh, uh, upper 30s going north. And uh, it's like, but you still, you know, when people run across each other, they st it's still back to Jeppy or, you know, what did they call you? They call you Bozy or did they have yeah, a that was pretty nickname? much That was pretty much it. I, I don't think I ever really had any type of nickname besides, besides yeah, maybe Bozy. Uh, but that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing yeah, see, too. I was, yeah, I never had a nickname. I just was always <laughs> Mick. And I'm, Mick. I'm, I like that idea because I mean, considering, I mean, my birth name is Michael and, but I always, I just preferred Mick. And so, you know, but I never had, you know, even though my last name's Gonzalez, nobody ever called me Gonzo. I got, that was my nickname in high school, <laughs> sure. uh, but it wasn't, in, it wasn't in, uh, in, during the time with TC, but anyway, let's get to let's get to the let's get to business. Yeah, business. We're gonna talk some uh, some uh, time with Paul Bowes, talking about your time in uh, in the Cherokee. Uh, well, first we're gonna start. Let's start with the basics. I always usually start with that with everybody. Sure. Uh, when you got started, uh, how old were you when you first uh, got on skates, and what drew your interest into this crazy sport? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, originally, uh, I think I was about seven years old when I first went to open skate at good old Tam O'Shanner. Ah. 
Yeah, the, the interest was sparked just from trying different sports when I was, you know, five, six years old, played soccer, baseball. And uh, I think I had gotten a pack of hockey cards and, and that, that sparked my interest for wanting to go to open skate. And uh, it was one of those things where I rented the skates, was those, those plastic sided skates, put them on for the first time, went out and just picked oh, it right up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, good old Tam O'Shanner. They gave you those little stickers that you put on so they know that you paid. And then <laughs> I did that for about a, a year before um, before I, I actually picked up uh, uh, on a hockey team. And that was at Tam O'Shanner House League. And Tam wow. O'Shanner House League was, uh, you know, it was a great experience there. And I got to play with a lot of good, a lot of good players growing up. And realistically, I mean, I lived, what, maybe 10 minutes. I mean, I'm from Sylvania originally. So going down to, to play house hockey, uh, yeah, it was a great experience growing up. And then kind of the, the natural progression was uh, into, you know, they had like an all-star team. So you played all-stars and then you got on a travel team. Um, and it wasn't until probably the, the squirt age where I started to really get competitive with it. And, you know, I, I had the support of my parents. My parents loved it. And as, a, as it was at that time, uh, there was a really good team out of Detroit, Michigan. Um, it was actually Woodhaven. If you're familiar with yep. Woodhaven Leafs program, they had a really good team. And my dad took me up to try out for the Woodhaven Leafs. And I actually I made that team. Um, and on that team, that's where I met another fellow Cherokee, Dane Ben. Oh, my. Small yeah. world. And, and then not world. only Dane was on that team, but uh, another Cherokee, Billy Ocheski. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Billy O. Yep. So, yeah. So we, very we played, well. Yeah, we played with each other on that team. We were a great team. Um and uh, the Woodhaven Leafs, that was. And then from the Woodhaven Leafs, um, Mr. Ben actually had talked a little bit about um, the AAA League. And he had a, um, a nephew, Troy Brummett, who was playing for the Compuware Ambassadors uh, for the AAA League up in the MNHL. And Mike wanted to take, uh, take Dane up to the Little Caesars tryouts. And Mike asked my dad, he said, Hey, do you mind if I take Paul, you know, we'll take Paul and Billy, you know, they, they all played really well together. Um, take them out to the trials and see what they can do. And that's, that's, I would say where my hockey career probably really launched at that point. Cause I ended up making the little Caesars triple a team, um, which you know, I went out just thinking I was going to have a good time, have some fun. Um, but that at that level, it got, it got pretty intense and that's where, uh, the hockey career really took off. You know, I was I was pretty big for my age back then. I I was, um, you know, gosh, I got up to probably about five eight, five ten by the time I was in seventh grade. And then, uh, you know, at that point, we were we were going to international tournaments, played against a lot of good players. Um, in fact, the coach the coach of that team was uh, Krug, whose uh, son plays for the Boston Bruins. Um, Tory Krug. Oh, Tory, yeah, he just got. He just signed with St. Louis, but yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. So, so the, yeah, so the old his, man, wow. Yeah, his his dad was our coach, and I played with his oldest son, uh, who's also a coach for a college up in up in uh, Detroit as well. And then from Little Caesars, I went on to play for the Computer Ambassadors, which was another good experience wow. as well. Got to play with a lot of good NHLers too from. Uh, Sean Collins and Dwight Hellmanen. Um, I think at one point I played with Tim Gleason. But with that team, we actually won a national championship. Um, and that was Bantam. I think that was Bantam, Bantam Major at that point. Yeah, it was Bantam Major. And wow. then from, from there, we, uh, we went to, from Compuware, I went to another team called the Ice Dogs, with, which was a AAA playing out of uh, the Ice Cube which was where that team uh, USA under 18 played for. Um, yep. And from there, yeah, that was midget major. And I remember this is actually how I get tied into the, the Cherokees. Um, the midget, the midget major coach asked me to go try out for the Danville wings. And that was okay. a junior A team. So I'm, I'm 15 years old at the time. And I thought, yeah, I'll go for the experience. You know, he told me to go ahead and go for the experience. Uh, you know, I was, I was 
pretty set with playing in the Ann Arbor. I'd been playing at that point up in Michigan um, almost my whole career. And it was, you know, the drive kind of wears on you, but you do it for the you do it for the team and you do it for the experience and the talent that you're playing with and the competition. But then um, that's where uh, my parents were approached by Todd Elmy. Okay. With the Cherokee. Yeah. yeah. And, and Todd said, he said to my parents, he said, yeah, you know, we'd love to have Paul down the tryouts and we'd love to, uh, you know, see what he can do with, uh, with junior B. And I thought, Okay, so at the time I was 15 going on 16. And it's kind of like at that point, too, in your career where you're looking at, all right, you know, I'm going into midget. Do I want to play midget major? You know, I always you know, I went to St. John's Jesuit High School. They had a good hockey team. And I always thought at some point maybe I'd play for St. John's Jesuit. Um, and then all of a sudden the Cherokees come around with, which were Junior B. And I'd never even thought about Junior B and wasn't even too sure about what it was. But, but for me, you know, the next step was, I mean, was great for going to play for the Cherokees. I mean, I'm dealing with individuals, you know, basically 22 and under as a 16 year old. That was great experience for me and, and for my career personally. Um, but geez, I learned a lot, you know, playing junior, uh, junior B and playing for, for Todd Omi as well. It was a great coach. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was kind of my ride to, to the Cherokees. Well, let me ask you, um, when, you know, you talked about winning that national championship, uh, what year was that? Do you remember? Oh gosh. Yeah. So that was, so if I, I, my first year was for the Cherokees was 99, 2000. Um, the year before that, it was two years before that. So that would have been what the 98, 98 season. 97, Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Yep, yep. Okay. Oh man. Okay. So that's the same year that the Cherokee won the national championship. You're right. They won it ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Dang. Yep. So your your ties are becoming more and more uh, evident there. Uh, but uh, so Paul, um, when you first uh, let's talk about your tryout with the Cherokee. What was that like when you first walked in there into that locker room? Uh, did you feel comfortable going in there uh, in the confines of Tam O'Shanner, or was it kind of a little bit nervous because of the, uh, the the guys that were in there that maybe you didn't know all of them? Yeah, yeah, you know, going into those tryouts, I, I felt like I had something to prove as as a 16 year old playing with guys who had a lot of experience. Um, was there a little bit of intimidation? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, I was, I was, I don't know, maybe five eleven, six foot at that time, but clearly I could see there was a, a, a physical difference in strength. I knew I was playing with guys that were a lot stronger than me. Um, but, uh, you know, it was helpful to have like Dane Ben, who I'd known for a while that was there, you know, Jeppy, he was another guy that was my birth year as well. Um, so it was helpful to have some of those guys seeing them out there performing well. You know, and that just pushes you to want to take your game to the next level and to prove yourself. Um, but yeah, the size—the size is the big difference, and that's what you don't get uh, from that midget major or high school. You've got you've got some big boys that you're playing with um, in junior B. So yeah. So um, when you first uh, do you remember your first game in a Cherokee uniform? <laughs> first game, huh? Oh gosh, I don't. But I'll, I'll tell you, I remember my first fight though. I do remember, and I and I wasn't a really big fighter. Yeah, yeah. I gotta hear my this. First fight, it was in tryouts, Nick. <laughs> this was oh. in tryouts. Yeah. And and I won't forget this because again, as as having something to prove, I felt like all right, you know, I I was a you know a tougher winger, grindy type of. Uh, individual and i thought okay you know i need to i need to prove myself i needed to uh you know do something to to show that i'm i'm tough and i'll never forget there was a guy that and i, and I don't know what his name is i'd love to find out what his name was actually um that had played i guess on the na national championship team i think he went to play juniors and he came back for the tryouts he was more of a fighter i'll never forget him. he was a, a taller blonde hair blue-eyed guy and it was towards the end of the tryouts and and we were kind of, you know, chipping at each other. And finally we, 
we drop the gloves and, you know, I, I square up with him, you know, and I, and I go to wind up. By the time I went to wind up, he had already hit me once and then twice and then split my eye wide open and I was bleeding everywhere. And that was pretty much the end of the fight. You know, I had some stitches in and I know my parents were thinking, oh, gosh, what did we get Paul into at that time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I bet that probably freaked him out pretty good. It probably freaked you out pretty good. <laughs> you know, not too bad, but but I knew I had some room to room to improve for sure. I knew I had some growth growth ahead of me, but, <laughs> but oh, it was yeah, a good experience. Yep. Now, do you remember your first goal? Mm, no, I don't. I don't remember my first game or my first goal. No, no, I don't. I remember. I mean, back in the in the beginning of of the the beginning of my career in that ninety nine two thousand. You know, there's certain things I remember. Like I remember being on a line um, with Ferent Shotlos. Um, you know, I think we were you know second, third, third, third string probably second, third string um, starting off. Um, and you know, I, I remember. It, it being a real eye-opening experience too with um you know the level of of talent the level of competition just to get onto um you know the lineup because i mean there were i think uh i think uh, on the team maybe 25 or 27 guys you know and you're talking uh you're, you're talking four four lines of you know five guys so you know you've got some guys that are you know sitting out taking stats and uh you know they're talented guys too so so I do remember, I remember the competition to just, just make the lineup and get on the line. And I remember that, you know, weighing heavy on my mind, um, in, in the first, first games, um, until you kind of get into a groove and, and you, and you prove yourself a little bit in the games. Um, so that, that I, I recall, but I don't specifically remember, you know, the, any of the first games that, that we played. Um, so who else played with you besides Ferentz uh, on the uh, on your line? Do you remember? As far as uh... yeah, gosh, that's a good question. You know, I think uh, Ferentz I played with Ferentz originally for for a while too, and he was good kind of mentor for me um, to have. You know, Ferentz was a a very solid, um, you know, a skilled but tough, um, gritty centerman. Um, and you know, he was looking for somebody that I know he could, he could count on and, and rely on as a, as a solid winger. Um, but I think we kind of rotated through, um, wingers for a while. And I, and I think at one point we maybe maybe even had Paul Guthrie as a winger, or I think we might've had, uh, Mickey Meehan as a winger that first year. Um, so there were a few different individuals that, that rotated through and they were either going up lines or down lines, you know, trying to find Omi was trying to find that right fit for everybody. Um, always, always. And that was one thing he was, he was great at too, was, you know, connecting the dots with the players. Uh, I was going to say, you guys had some, <coughs> some really skilled, skilled forwards back then. Of course you had some decent oh, yeah. D too, but, uh, uh, I'm just trying to remember. I, uh, I know that, uh, the team wasn't as, uh, size wise, wasn't as big as the year before or the year before that, especially, um, they were, but still the, you had guys that could just flat out fly. Uh, sure. You guys had a lot of speed and stuff. Um, who was uh, back then, who was probably, did you consider to be your toughest opponent? The team that you just really didn't like when you lined up against them. Oh gosh. Yeah. So my absolute, um, oof team that I despised the most was the Wayne wheels. The Wayne wheels was number one. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the Columbus crush um, and the Metro jets. Those are probably my three top. And yeah, the, the Wayne wheels, they just, they had that guy on there, blueberry that, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll never forget them. <laughs> blueberry. Yep. Yep. Blueberry. Everyone would, I mean, they mercilessly picked on that kid. And yeah. I felt I felt kind of sorry for him, but you know, it's like he was the mortal enemy, so I couldn't feel that sorry for him. But no, uh, he was a Nick, big don't boy. Feel sorry for him. he got a few really good shots in on me. I mean, I remember I had just gotten back from a from an injury, and I think that was one of my first games back from my my second in the second year. And I remember for some reason I had a target on my back from him, and he was just trying to light me up. 
And I think I had, I even had a concussion that game. I, re- I remember just going to the sidelines, just being in a daze from him hitting. He had such a low center of gravity. And I think it was, you know, it definitely irritated quite a bit of other players on the team. And I think we had, you know, like Soldano and we had Dotus and, you know, they weren't yep. having, they were not gonna, yeah, that's, that was a good, <laughs> that was a good group of guys to have on your side when it came to playing against teams like the wing wheels with, uh, with that guy for sure. Yeah. So Dono though, man, he was like, <laughs> what? I mean, that guy was like eight <laughs> feet tall, you know, I mean, that helped. And he also had that mean streak in the man. If you got his dander up on the ice, forget about it. You know, if you, if you ticked them off, you knew, you knew you were in trouble, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, that definitely was, um, that definitely was a really good team. I liked Ian too, because he, in addition to that, he had a really good set of hands in addition yeah, to being a tough guy. Yeah, so, he was skilled. You know, but, uh, he was a skilled player. Yep. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, now, now, Booberry, I think he played all four years of junior uh, there. Uh, he played uh, with Wayne. I think so, yeah. And I just remember, the reason I think I find, kind of felt sorry for him is because he was a big boy, and, you know, he yeah. had some weight on him. And people would, would ride him mercilessly about that. And I guess because as a guy who has a bit of weight on me, uh, I, I can I can appreciate that, you know, the fact that he actually was out on the ice playing. They wow. they would I mean, but uh, he 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 I tell you what that kid he was something else, man. That well, of course he was, you know, wasn't I like mean he was a bad player. He was skilled. He had a good set of hands, and he yeah. used that center of gravity to his advantage. I mean, it, it's not like he was a bad player by any stretch. He was actually a pretty decent player overall, which is yep. probably all the more reason fact, why I didn't like him, you know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because it's like you figure, okay, a guy that big, you know, he's not like in in tip top shape, but he, you should be able to, you know, take advantage of somebody like that. And you didn't always do that. You couldn't always no do that way. with him. And I think that's what aggravated people a, a lot. It just riled them up. But uh, you know, and then of course their owner, uh, Tony, I can't remember uh, Ventiglamiglio or something like that. I can't remember exactly how to pronounce it, but Tony V. And that guy would yell and scream. I mean, mm-hmm. loud. And, I mean, you could hear him across the rink. And he'd be yelling and screaming it at everybody, whether it was the uh, the officials on the ice, it'd be, you know, whoever on the bench. And, I mean, <laughs> everyone would turn back and look at him. It's like, shut up. You yeah, know, and yeah. they would do that kind of stuff. I mean, I actually got to know the guy later. And he's he was actually a very nice man. And uh-huh. he, he had a... He had, a, he had a sister that uh, uh, required a lot of care. So he said, this is just my, I just come out here, yell, and just to vent. So I was like, okay, I can appreciate that. You know, I was like, okay. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't give him too much grief after that. But until that point, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't stand this guy. You know, I was like that. And then, like I said, then I got to know him and found out he was a good guy. But, no, he, he, he was the owner. He was the owner. And he was just a, I mean, like I said, loud 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 loud. and and so you know it was just like oh my gosh but i tell you what wayne played in probably back then at that time one of the nicest rinks you know Uh it was like it was uh i mean it was like really a nice rink and uh it was owned by the city of wayne but the Uh thing that it it was like as opposed to uh metro who yeah my gosh That place, I wouldn't go there if that was the last nuclear fallout <laughs> shelter on Earth. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, it was like yeah, a. Me- uh, no, you were saying. Metro had another player on there that uh, that I had played with growing up, and that was that was one of the reasons I had that hatred. He was a defenseman that was really good, but then that that also makes me think of the Columbus Crush, and they had another guy. It was it's funny how you have one guy that that uh, you can remember from each team that just represented the whole team and you just couldn't stand because they were either, you know, number one, they were good. And number, and number two, they, you know, caused a ruckus out, out on the ice. I'm trying to think that, I think the guy's name was Mario. I want to say Mario uh, something that played for the Columbus crush. And, and he was a smaller guy, but skilled player and he ran his mouth. And, and yeah. that just, you know, I mean, for, for us, we weren't a team that we didn't have a bunch of mouth runners. I mean, we just, you know, took it to the ice and, and we competed. But, you know, when we were up against those types of, of, of guys, it was, you know, 
it gets under your skin. Yeah, you want to win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll paraphrase what's known as a crap disturber, and uh, <laughs> exactly. you know that that's kind of how they, that's kind of how they look at them and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but um, but I mean we I mean we had guys that would uh, um, that would get under your skin back then too. I mean if I remember, didn't uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, we had Luke Jones. We had Ashley Aragona. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Luke. Jones yeah, and Ashley. Oh, yeah. they were they were good at it. Yeah, Luke Jones was a stir of the pot for sure, and, and he yeah. could because he had a lot of uh, you know. First of all, I mean, he was a strong guy himself, um, but then yeah, he had a lot of backup too. I mean, it was always nice to to have those big guys like you know Brad Krolak, for instance, uh, on D, who's going to watch your back. Um, especially if you're going to do something to get the team fired up and get the, get the pot stirred a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, we had some guys that could do that, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I always, like I said, I always, uh, I've in previous podcasts, I've railed about Metro when they played up in uh, East Waterford. <laughs> they're in, they're in Frazier now, but, okay. nowadays, but well, uh, back then, but <laughs> yeah, when they were in East Waterford, Oh my gosh! You would walk into that rink, and it was colder than it was outside in February. Yeah, I mean, yep. it I wasn't even close. <laughs> man, yep. that just ooh, I hated that man. I dreaded going up there. I mean, I didn't mind the drive. I I didn't mind anything about going up there except going into the rink because you knew yep. you're gonna freeze your butt off no matter what. Mm-hmm. And especially if they played in the red rink, the blue rink was cold. <laughs> But it was okay. But you played in that red rink, and you were in uh-huh. freaking Siberia. I mean, it was nuts. It was. I mean, yeah. you, you could see your breath out. You could see your breath when you're sitting on the bench, and you're yeah. catching your breath after a shift. I would look uh-huh. at the players, and they're over there. You could see them breathing. They're breathing because it was so cold in there. Oh and then the gosh, top of it all off, the locker room had nothing but cold water too. So after you get done freezing out there, you're back in the in the cold showers. <laughs> yep, and I, I felt bad for the I felt bad for the guys that played for Metro because if we played in the if we because their locker room was in the red rink, but uh-huh. even so, if they were in the blue rink, their locker room. Um, they would still have to go to go back to the red rink to shower and everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It was, yeah. it was bad. So, but uh, you know, so, I mean, obviously they went from the outhouse to the penthouse moving to Frazier, but mm. uh, it's, uh, it was just, Oh my gosh, that was like the absolute. Oh. And then <laughs> now I, mean, uh, I just uh, probably for me back then in that era, probably my least favorite team Probably, I wouldn't say Metro, but it was one, two, Metro and Flint. Flint, Flint General. No, yeah. yeah what, was, General. what was it about Flint that you didn't like? Um, I didn't like, well, I would go in there and we had a health, let's just say we had a very spirited and healthy rivalry for a number of years with Flint. Uh-huh. Uh, we, I mean, the, uh, their their owner who god bless him he is a uh, he probably i don't know if he's still with us or not i'm doubting it because he was very old then uh but uh what was his name uh cronk uh gail cronk he was uh i mean he was short uh think of a basically about a 75 year old barney rubble <laughs> that's what you, i know that's that's crazy but yeah, uh-huh. that was that was Gail Crock. He was he was short and stodgy, and he loved his cigars, and uh, and he talked like a pirate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he talked when you when you looked when you looked at him, you knew what he sounded like because he'd be like, yeah, let me tell you something, <laughs> you know. And I mean, it was it was hilarious. But he, yeah. again, as I got to know him, you know, that's the one thing. Like I said again about the hockey community. When you get to know uh, when you don't know somebody, they're your sworn enemy. But as you get to know them, because you eventually do spend enough time that you eventually do get to know these people. And sure. Gail Cronk actually, his, and his son Kelly, his son Kelly and I got along great. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, you know, so uh, they, but they ran, they owned that team, and like I said, they were just a chippy bunch. And yeah. it used to, we used to get into more. Oh, not bench clearing brawls, but just more after the whistle, <laughs> really? uh, you know, 
you know, you, yeah, after the whistle skirmishes and stuff like that, sure. and a few fights and stuff. I mean, it just got it would get nasty, and yeah. that's so back then. That was a team I probably liked the least uh, yeah. between them and Metro in that era. But um, you know, again, at least they, Grand Rapids was one I remember too as being a good competition. A little chippy too. Yeah. They were very chippy, and of course, they also had uh, a, uh, a psycho manager or coach, oh, uh, really, uh, Mike yeah. Flanagan. He, he was that guy. That dude was a few fries short of a happy meal when he was on the bench. <laughs> but that's because he expected a lot out of you. He did. Yeah. He expected a lot out of you. And and I actually, after you know, um, back then when I, you know, I would we do the road games and stuff. Uh, it would be, you know, Flags, him and uh, his assistant coach, who I love dearly, is a great guy, Jeff Lang. Uh, and uh, they are, and, and that's where I got to realize they were the two that first broke me in to what the hockey fraternity is all about when it came to talking with the other team's guys, because uh, they were the first ones that, I mean, we would go and uh, do bed checks and everything, the coaches would for the Cherokee. And then we would, there would be like Omi and me and uh, uh, who was the other coach back then when you played? Was that Ludwig? Kirk uh, Omi, Ludwig, Ludwig and uh, Witten, Mike Witten. Mike Witten. Yeah, Kirk, yep. Mike Witten. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So they would do the bed checks and stuff. And then we would all meet and we would like, especially in Grand Rapids, that was where I first learned uh, about, you know, getting along with the other team's staff and stuff off the ice and because we would go we'd sit and we'd sit in a room usually it was my room because i roomed by myself back then and they would bring all the adult beverages in of sorts and uh that we they'd all sit in and have a a bunch of ginger ales and tell we'd all sit there and tell stories and i just sat and listened and i'm not kidding paul i laughed until my sides hurt. I mean, I nearly peed myself. I was laughing so hard. Uh, Jeff Lang, to this day, to me, is one of the funniest human beings I ever knew. Uh, him and Flags were just a riot. But like I said, when you get Flags behind a, a bench uh, during a uh-huh. game, I mean, it's like... He, He's a different you, animal. I'm, it's like, uh, well, let's put it this way. You have the, you have the off-duty police on standby uh, because that's just how he was. But uh, like I said, he's just a, a very competitive guy. Very competitive sure. guy. Sure. But sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But like I said, had the utmost respect for him and think the world of him. And like yeah. and like I said, Lang- Langer was my was was one of my all time favorites. Uh, and so they, but they taught me, you know, that you know you leave it on the ice, and yeah. when you go, yeah. you know, you go out and have a pop or whatever. Then that's because I didn't know all that stuff. Because even though I had just started. Uh, doing the games, I first started just doing home games, and then I went on the road when we started doing the games on the internet. And uh, but that's where I learned, and so I learned between when was Grand your first Rapids season? And, uh, 96 97. Okay, that was the okay. year so when we, uh, the team before. finished, run- yep. So the team finished uh, runner up that year, the uh, national championship game. They lost and uh that was in tamil shanner so that game nationals were at tamil shanner that year and uh, uh, i think i remember so, hearing about that yeah when was do you know when the cherokees first started how long they had been around i believe it was 92 93 that year wow okay yeah yeah i never knew that i knew there was a good history uh involved with the cherokees yeah, I didn't know that. And and right now they're playing out of the uh, Toledo Ice House. Is that that's another yeah. rink in Toledo? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was actually that was the, one of the that was the original Ice House, and I mean it was there when I was a little boy back in the seventies. Uh-huh. We played we played we played house league there. For gotcha. and back then it was uh, back then it was Toya. It was Toledo. Uh, oh, I've heard that, of that. The, yeah, it was the Toledo, Ohio Youth Hockey Association. And did and, they move uh, down to like the sports arena at one point too? Or yeah, they, yeah, yep. Because yep, there were the only two rinks in Toledo, in sure. Toledo proper. You had you had Tam O'Shanner in Sylvania, but you and you had Ottawa Park, but it was outdoor, so you didn't do that back then. Sure. Know? And for but for organ but for organized 
hockey, you uh-huh. played you played at either the sports arena or you played at the ice house. So you only had two sheets of ice, sure. and that was it. That you know, and but there weren't as many programs as there are now. But now through yeah. you know the uh, the late uh, Kenny Miller Senior. Uh, and guys like him, there were other guys that really put a lot of time and effort as well, but he was, mm-hmm. he was like the heart and soul and, uh, that helped, uh, between them. I know Lee Ekman, I think Mike Ben also, uh, they, they stuck a lot of time and money and a lot of sweat equity into rebuilding the ice house back right around, uh, right after you finished, just gotcha. after you finished. I mean, cause they started around 2000, I think 2000. Three and four, 2003, okay. 2004, that was when the Ice House reopened as the Ice House. I mean, it was a uh, it was a flea market when they clo- it closed, like back in the 80s, I think, late, yeah, in the 80s. And Ooh. it became like a flea market. It be- they had batting cages in there, uh, a lot of rats and, you know, things like that. But uh, just, uh, it just, it basically was dilapidated and was, uh, but there was no more ice. And so it was hard to get ice. Matter of fact, the Cherokee after the year after you left, uh, had to mm-hmm. go play up in Monroe. They had to play really? in Monroe, Michigan. Yeah. And, uh, oh. so, cause there was nowhere for, cause they had, they kept making the Cherokee play, uh, get their schedule, their home portion of their schedule in, like they would be done with, uh, the home schedule. Most of it by November. I mean, and the rest of it, they had to wow. would finish on the road with maybe one or two weekends, the remainder of the season of yeah. having a home game. You know, that was it because, I mean, they had most all their home games were like in September and October. And then huh. maybe a couple of season goes goes February. Like, yeah, I was going to say the season goes to almost April. I thought nationals were like in April, right? So the regular yeah. season went to March. The very beginning of March, yep. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. then you had the play gold cup back then. And, uh, then you just went, then who, the, whoever came out of the CSHL would go to nationals. Well, mm-hmm. uh, they, they didn't have really a, a good schedule. So for home, home games, they didn't have, they didn't have a locker room that they could leave stuff in anything. They, mm-hmm. they just didn't. So when they were at Tam, Tam O'Shanter, so they moved to Monroe, Michigan for a year and, it was fun. I mean, it was fun <laughs> up there, but uh, it just wasn't the same, you know. It Not just Toledo. Wasn't, it didn't feel. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Toledo. But then, like I said, when those guys all got together and uh, and refurbished the ice house and uh-huh. re, you know put in put in that sheet of ice again, and it was like wow. It was sure. like we were everyone was so happy, and we could act, and the Cherokee could actually have a you know a place to call home. You know, they had a locker room. Uh, that, that they could just leave their, they could put their stuff in and leave. And it was just really, it was really a good thing. But uh, yeah. And, so, and now I kind of noticed that they're, they're now a junior A team. Well, they're, it, it's, it, the, 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 they re got redesignated. Uh, uh-huh. It's a ju- tier, it's tier three junior A. So, I mean, they redesignated, you don't, there's really not really a junior B per se anymore. Uh, gotcha. In terms of designation, but the skill uh-huh. level is still pretty much about the same. Okay, because yeah. there's tier three, which is all the same loop that was junior B before, and okay. I think that's because there was there was a stigma uh, to to people to players when it came to recruiting, and also for team uh, scouts and stuff when they would always hear junior B. There was just something mm. like a negative connotation, which was really sad because there were some great players that played junior B. I mean, yeah, the really? most, yeah. I mean, I mean, in Toledo, we had uh, Rusty <coughs> McKee, Adam Edinger, uh, guys like that, that, uh, you know, played in the minors and stuff. Uh, you had uh, back late and later, uh, you had guys like uh, in St. Louis, Paul Stastny, you know, he played mm. for the junior blues, junior B. And, uh, you know, guys like that, and they had they had, uh, Chris Butler, uh, several guys from Saint, the St. Louis Junior Blues that made it to the NHL. Uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Bolin, most notably because he won a cup with Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. Just, uh, but I, but I mean, but what it was, like I said, it was just that there was always this, uh, I don't know, negative connotation associated with junior, the term junior B. So mm-hmm. they called it Tier Three Junior A now. 
And sure. but the, that's all the teams that were junior B are now tier three junior A. Tier mm-hmm. two junior A is the North American League. So that's okay. the original and, Okay. Yep. And then tier one junior A is uh they just call it tier one is yeah. uh, the USHL. The USHL. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So you, got, you know, I mean I, so the concepts are still I mean, it's basically the same. I mean, I felt like Junior B was still a great place to play. I mean, you had players that, you know, maybe fell onto a junior A team and it wasn't maybe the right fit for them. Uh, maybe coaches changed, chemistry wasn't there. And, and so a good place for them to, to come play was, was uh, you know, Junior B. I mean, there was great players that we had that, you know, and hearing your podcasts like Brad Krolak, you know, geez, he was a phenomenal uh, player for, for us. And, you know, and then like, you know, guys like me who are younger coming up trying to, develop talent and all of a sudden there's a team in Toledo that seemed like a great fit for me yeah so I mean I get I get how they've just kind of changed the names around but yeah I never saw that that connotation with Junior B I you know was proud with the Cherokees on that uh in that league oh I agree with you there yes very good and I think also the fact is too (laughs) is that the game wasn't as grown as it is now uh there weren't as many teams back so you saw the some better, really good players that filtered down uh, to Junior B that didn't. Uh-huh. That I mean, I I think of uh, Ferenc Satlos. That guy oh, yeah. did not was not a Junior B player. He could he should have been playing Junior A, but uh, again, it was one of those things where um, he he made a commitment to play in Toledo and he did. He honored that uh-huh. commitment and but he was a Junior A player playing Junior B. Crow was the same thing, man. Uh, Brad Crowley, yeah. junior A player playing junior B. Um, you know, there was a there was a number of guys <laughs> like that. But again, the opportunities also there weren't as many teams back then, so sure. you know you didn't see you didn't see uh, every everybody that deserved to play junior A get to play junior A. But yeah. that's kind of it's, it's different now because there's a half a million teams out there, and uh, I, it's it's good in that there's plenty of opportunities. It, the downside is is that you, the 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 it seems to be a slightly watered down product now, just because mm. you know a lot of kids think it's cool to play hockey, but when it comes to the skill level, they're they're well let's put it this way they're maturing and they're trying to grow into that role, and sure. uh, a lot sooner than they did before, at least I think so. But uh, so now when you play when you played, um, sure. How did your role change from year one to year two? As far as oh, were you have wow. a leadership yeah. role? It's a, it's a good question, Nick. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, coming into my first year, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was 16 years old and coming from where, where I was, you know, the midgets um, with 18 and under, you know, I was definitely more of a you know, gritty, grindy type of winger that could put the puck in the net. Um, and then coming into the junior Bs, I, I realized that, yeah, I don't have the strength against these guys that I did um, in the midgets. And and that's where I kind of had to tweak my game a little bit. Um, and I learned a lot from, from Ferentz. Um, but, you know, for that year, that first year, it was a real learning year for me um, in trying to understand that level of, of play and game. And then, you know, the other thing that was interesting, too, was up until that point, I felt as though the coaching was more geared towards um, the individuals uh, trying to grow them as a player. And it was the first time where I was on a team where I felt as though, you know, the coach was really more about um, coaching the team. He, He obviously wanted to develop the talent, but you had to have the talent to get onto the team. And it was the first time it was, you know, we're going to put the team first and as opposed to, to growing up and, and trying to develop, develop that, that talent level is almost like, um, you know, you were, you were, you know, your own brand through all those different years. And then all of a sudden you're on, you know, a, a great brand as the Toledo Cherokees. So, so I remember learning that in my first year too, because it's, it's was, was one of those situations where, yeah, I like to do maybe penalty killing or I like to do power plays. But you know what? There were other guys that were better at it than I was. And it was coming to that realization that they needed to be out there. Um, and I got that from Omi. Like, I understood, you know, he was coaching this team. And for him to, 
you know, get to the team to the, the next level, you know, everybody's going to get, you know, good looks from other oper- in other opportunities. Um, but let's focus on the team, meshing the team together. And I'll tell you what, it was a great thing to see, you know, when I would, would look out on the ice and I'd see five guys coming down that really knew and understood each other. I mean, I'll never forget like Jepson and Brian, uh, Larry Brian would play in a line together. And it was like, you would see Jepson kind of gain control of the puck, you know, cause he's a great puck handler, very shifty. He'd get that puck kind of, you know, wheel around and regroup. And you'd see Brian just flying down the ice and Brian was so fast. Jepson would hit him. And then, you know, and it was those types of plays as a team um, that really separated out that individual game that I had experienced growing up. So that was a good learning experience for me. And I knew I had to increase my strength going into the next year. Um, in the next year, I remember, man, I hit that that weight room so hard during that summer. And I mean, I was ready to come out and I was ready to, you know, be that that gritty, um, you know, winger that could score some goals, you know, and, and tough. And, and I came out there and it, it was I, it was one of our first games. I ended up separating my shoulder and that that injury took me out for probably about six weeks or so. Um, and then at that point, um, after I had recovered, it was kind of a, a lingering injury. Um, you know, I came back, came back into the lineup again. Um, but at, at that point, you know, it was it was really kind of just focusing on the little things and trying to make sure that everybody around me was as good as they could possibly be. Um, because I, I felt like I maybe had lost quite a bit of strength, um, from being out as long as I had. So all that, that time I put in the weight room was gone. Um, but yeah, it was really kind of focusing on the team. And then guess what? I mean, we got to the national championship that year. So, you know, all in all, that was a, that was a great year for us. So yeah, the, the roles, the roles you had to change and adapt and, uh, you know, good life lessons though, real good life lessons and good experiences overall. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, now when you played in that second year, you said you went to nationals. Was that the team that went to Hartford for nationals or was Gosh, I, I yeah. off I, by I, yeah. Um, we did, I think go to, I think it was, I want to say it was Hartford. Yeah. It might've been Connecticut. Uh, yeah, I know. I remember it was, it was out East. I, I remember yeah, that. Um, yeah, I remember right most of most improved player of that tournament was Ryan Potts. Pottsy was like next level going into that tournament. I mean, he really, really blew me away with, with how much he grew throughout the course of the year. Now, was that the year that he I, – I was talking to uh, uh, a, a guy that played with him, Chris Kraft, uh, a couple of podcasts ago, and I was trying to remember if – his, that was that. Were you there the year that he got into a fight down in Cincinnati, Potsy? <laughs> I think I was. Yeah, I think that. Uh, gosh, I would love to. I remember it being a funny story, Mick, but I can't remember what the story was. And I remember the one thing I do remember is him winding up, and he had such long arms. <laughs> I remember it taking him so long to wind up, but he had a huge punch when he did it. Um, but yeah, I remember I think that was the only one he had. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being on his knees at some point during. Yeah, well, I, I can't. Do you, do you know the details of that? <laughs> well, yeah, I was there. I was doing the play-by-play from a picnic <laughs> table, but that's that was kind of how it was in Cincinnati. But uh, I just remember, and I don't, I'm not saying it to ride give Patsy any grief, but it was funny because he, yeah, he was just so gangly. You could tell he was not a fighter. I mean, he just wasn't. And that was not in his skill set in any way, shape, or form. And yeah, golden he, hands, though. He really did. Oh, he did. Six foot guy. He had, yeah. Man, if I, oh, that guy had like probably of all the players I've seen on the Cherokee, <laughs> he would be the top, he'd probably be in the top three of having the best hands I've ever seen. I mean, hands down, that kid, he he was around, around the net. He, you never seen him get lit up. He, I mean, mm-hmm. that kid, he just was good. And he and, and that guy had guts. Because when <laughs> Andy Reynolds got run up in Metro, you remember that fun one? And, yeah, and, and I Potsy, Potsy said, I'll, 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 play, I'll play goal. You know, because our, our other goaltender was sick. 
and he did. Uh, and uh, they, so they just, uh, oh, it was nasty. But uh, and that's where my hatred of Metro uh, was cemented. But uh, another yeah. reason why I hated Metro, besides the fact that rink stunk, um, but, uh, <laughs> but because of that. Yeah. Now I'm getting dander up here, and here we are t- over 20 years later. Anyway, but uh, I just, uh, you know, when that happened, yeah, I was really mad. But Potsy, yeah, he was not a fighter. And he just, he when he tried to throw a punch, it was like, woof, but he missed and ended up like, yeah, it was just not pretty. And it's, uh, you know, I've told this story several times before, but, you know, it's like I told him on the bus. I was like, hey. You know what? You had the guts to go out there and do it. So don't, you know, don't take, don't feel bad. You know, it didn't go the way you wanted, but don't feel bad. You had the, you were the one that did it that no one else oh, did. Oh yeah, yeah. So. He he was courageous. He had a lot of courage, no doubt. I mean, to play to play goalie like that, um, to be in that position. Yep. I mean, the amount that he improved that year, I remember that. Yeah, he was. It was it was fun to watch. <laughs> he was. He was just so good around the net and stuff. But now, <laughs> for you. Um, I mean, did you see, uh, did you see your play, your, your, your ice time go up any in that second year? Um, yeah, I remember starting off, um, yeah, it, it, it definitely, you know, cause, cause I was ready coming out in the, in the beginning of the year. Um, you know, after the injury coming back, I think it was a little bit slow. Um, but you know, I mean, I was, I was a pretty consistent player. You know, I, th- I think they, they felt as though they knew what they were going to get when they put me on the ice. Um, so it was pretty consistent overall, you know, and I continued to grow, um, you know, as a individual uh, talent wise, but then also as a, as a team member overall. Um, so, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it continued to, to progress um, as I, as I well, you know, increased too. Well, I mean, I mean, it probably, I mean, obviously being a local kid, uh, it probably had to feel good be able to sleep in your own bed, uh, not have to uh, worry about you know you know I mean kids yeah they become members of the family when they bill it <coughs> and stuff but uh, it still has to be uh, a little probably still would probably feel a little bit different I think if you bill it versus being at your own sleeping in your own bed being in your own house you know with your own stuff. And, yeah, I and think for that, you being a local kid, it, I, I mean, that had to feel pretty good and make you more comfortable. That was a great experience. I mean, I, I remember, I mean, a big selling point for me was the fact that I was going to be able to play in Toledo again, you know, where I was originally from instead of having to, you know, haul up to, to uh, you know, Ann Arbor, Detroit to, to play for a team. Um, and it was it was a great experience to be able to um, you know, build relationships with, with people, um, on the team. And, and I think that's another thing that really separated this team out too, was the fact that, um, you had, you had guys all living in the same city, in the same community that could easily hang out, you know, because playing up in Detroit, you know, you'd have, have guys from, you know, one end of Michigan to another Midland, Michigan, all the way down to, you know, Toledo or even people in Finley, you know, all on a team. So, I think that really helped the team build chemistry and, and camaraderie overall because we're all in the same city. We're meeting the same people. We got great, you know, families and coaches. Uh, you know, my, my, I think it was my second year, Paul Guthrie, um, billeted, he stayed with, with my family, um, for the year. So that was a, a great experience to, to be able to intertwine, you know, my, uh, my high school years and then, uh, you know, go right down the road and, and have friends from the Cherokees and teammates and uh, be able to, you know, invite people that I knew to games to watch me play family, friends. I mean, that was an incredible experience. I mean, that irreplaceable and, and that would have happened if I hadn't been playing for, you know, uh, you know, my home city there in Toledo. So yeah, good experience overall. Okay. So you finish a couple of years in Toledo <laughs> Uh, where, where does, uh, the, the Paul Bo story go to next after that? Yeah. So from there, I went over to play, uh, uh, juniors for Cleveland Barons. And, uh, sure enough, I had suffered another injury right in the tryouts and I tore my groin. Um, and that was pretty much at that point, having had the shoulder injury in the beginning of the year with the Cherokees, 
then having this groin injury and, and this groin injury was pretty bad. I mean, it, that's an integral part of skating. And unfortunately I, I just never skated the same after I tore that. Um, and you know, I, I was ready to go to, to college, go to school. You know, I still loved hockey. I thought if I wanted to take it up again, I'd, I'd, uh, play club for maybe Ohio state or even try to walk on. But, but at that point, um, yeah, I, my, my goal was always to get a, a scholarship playing hockey to, uh, to a college, but yeah, at that point, having that, that second injury that basically took me out for almost the whole year, I was, uh, yeah, I was ready to, to just move on. Um, still, still loved the game though. And it was a tough thing to do, but, uh, I remember I'd gotten a letter to start spring quarter at Ohio state and, um, that's what I had decided to do at that point. So good ride overall. Oh, I was going to say, doggone good ride. Uh, now, you know, you talk about, you know, you still loving the game. Uh, who were the, the guys that you looked up to back then um, as far as players that you were like your favorite players growing up and uh, your favorite team? Sure, yeah. So, so I'll say on, on the Cherokees, I had one player, too, that I looked up to a lot that I thought was a good player, um, and that was Nick Billenow. You know, Nick was a great oh, leader. Yeah. He was – he knew the game very well. You know, he was a little bit, uh, a little more quiet, but when he talked, everybody listened. Um, you know, he was, he was very, um, very precise with what he was saying. And he was, he was a good person to follow and to watch, you know, as a 16 year old, um, you know, uh, so, so that was one person I looked up from, from the Cherokees. Um, but then, you know, growing up, I, I was like, uh, probably Steve Eiserman, <laughs> Steve Eiserman, you know, was my, one of my favorites with Sergey Fedorov, you know, Steve Eiserman's game was, was, uh, you know, fair, fairly finesse in his early years, you know, could put the puck in the net net, could skate well, had a great understanding of the game. And then in his later years became a much more defensive player. You know, he, he, he adapted to, to his, uh, to his skill set and, um, to what his, um, you know, qualities were. And, and he did a great job doing that. And I mean, the wings were great. So, you know, won a couple cups with him. Um, so yeah, I'd always looked up to his leadership abilities with the Red Wings. I think he was the youngest captain um, ever to be named uh, the captain of the Red Wings. And yeah, yeah, I think he was probably my favorite favorite player growing up. So yeah, and were you obviously were you then you were a Wings fan growing up. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was very fortunate to have uh, again my parents who. Um, were, were into hockey and they were willing to drive me up to Detroit. So I got to play for little Caesars and, um, that's where I got to, you know, I got to meet a few of the Red Wings like Fedorov and Eisman. Uh, and, uh, actually one of the, one of the players on my team was, uh, his name was Art Manatsikhanov. And I don't know if you remember his, his dad was the masseuse. masseuse. He was one of the guys. Sergei Manatsikhanov. Yeah. He was one of the guys yeah. in the limo accident. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great experience. And so I was a diehard wings, but now I'm living in Columbus, Ohio. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm slowly getting into a blue jackets, uh, you know, fan at, at this point, but I'll always be a diehard wings fan. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong you, with that. Are you a wings fan up there? Yes. Uh, yeah. For better or for worse. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a wings fan. Uh, I grew up, I well, see. It was hard because I, I couldn't growing up when I was a kid, we didn't have cable in my neighborhood. We didn't get cable put into the neighborhood, like the uh, all the uh, the, uh, the uh, cables and stuff. All the wiring did not come into our neighborhood until I was an adult. So I we did we so all we had was over the air television, and so back then all I had was uh, I grew up with uh, the Toledo channels, which were just the network channels. That was it. And then we had the big with the big house antenna on the roof <laughs> and everything. Yeah. So I was able to pull in uh, channel 50, channel 20 out of Detroit, and then channel nine out of Windsor. So wow. I grew up watching Hockey Night in Canada. I grew up That's watching pretty. Red Wing Hockey. So I, you know, it was like my loyalty was to Detroit, but uh -huh. I always enjoyed watching the Leaves and the Canadians too. Sure. Uh, even though I wasn't like like their favorite, I wasn't a big diehard fan. But just because it was hockey, you know, you'd Good watch rivalry. any game you could. You know, they didn't have every game on TV like they do now. Uh, so uh -huh. you know, but yeah, the the rivals and all that stuff. They had uh, Saturday nights were always hockey night in Canada, and then 
maybe a handful of games from the wings and uh, CBC would every now and then throw a game on Wednesday night. And uh, those were, that's how, that's what I grew up with. So that's why, you know, it's like, yeah, I get frustrated and get mad at the wings when they are <laughs> going through rough times, yeah. but I'll never, I'll never, uh, they'll always be, what's the old saying? You dance with the girl, you, you, uh, go, you dance with the girl that you came with to the dance. Yeah. Well, that's the wings. So I'm, I'll I'm always right. be a wings fan. Yep. I'm loyal. I'm just loyal that way. But uh, and know, they did just beat it, the uh, the Blue Jackets last night, actually. Yeah, I saw series, that. So, yep, yep, yep. So, okay. Well, uh, before we wind her up here, um, uh, what? Uh, how how long have you been in Columbus now? Um, yeah. So you know what? I was living down in South Carolina on Hilton Head for about. Um, uh, 13 years. And I just moved back to Columbus, Ohio in November. Yeah. So my, cow. yeah, my, my wife's pregnant. Uh, we've got a boy due here in about a month and, um, you know, we, we just kind of thought it would be a lot better for us to be closer to family at this point. So, so we moved uh, to Columbus. She's from Lexington, Kentucky, which is about, uh, three hours from, oh. from Columbus. So and I think my parents are, are working on moving down to Columbus as well. Cause my sister's here. So well, uh, yeah, ah. yeah. Well, that's a good thing. No, I uh, I understand Lexington very well because my better half is from about an hour southeast of Lexington in the foothills of the Appalachians. So, no kidding. Yeah. Yep. And so I've I've learned all about. Let's put it this way: the only way <laughs> I could seal the deal was if I became a University of Kentucky basketball fan. A wildcat so, fan. Yep. So once I did that, <laughs> yep. Once I did that, I, I knew, I knew, I knew I was good. So, uh, but, uh, you know, that's, it's a small world. I'm telling you, man, it's a small right. world, but, uh, so, um, yeah, I was going to say, cause that's, that had to be a hard move though, coming from <laughs> South Carolina all the way back up here in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> That had to be you know, rough. It, I don't know why. I don't know why I could have done that. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Was, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the nice thing but, is, is down there it's all roller hockey. Now I finally get to enjoy ice hockey again. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. So, well, I tell you what, uh, Paul, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, now I got. I always do this with every every podcast, and that is. Uh, if you got something, if there's something you want to say to Cherokee Nation, because not only the people that were during your era, but before and after uh, that listen to this thing. And uh, I try to get, you know, them to, uh, you know, and I try to give you guys the opportunity to, if you have something you want to say or just whatever's on your mind, uh, have at it. Gosh, yeah, that's, uh, I appreciate that opportunity or this opportunity to, to be on here and connect with you and, uh, you know, tell a little bit about my story, but overall, I mean, Cherokee nation is a place that has a lot of culture and history and a lot of really, really good people that, that, uh, that, um, work together to make the experience what it is. And, the the competition level is phenomenal, uh, in my opinion, but, uh, you know, I, I sincerely appreciated all the, the coaches, all the staff, I mean, you, um, and you know, my, my, uh, one thing I would, would, would have all the, uh, you know, takeaway for the players is just to really appreciate wh- where you are right now and what you're doing, because gosh, when I look back on it, such good memories, such good times and such good people. So, you know, cherish those, those Cherokee memories. Cause I know I do to this day and sincerely appreciate regrouping with you, Mick. I mean, this, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I tell you, it's the pleasure's been all mine. Trust me, uh, you know. Because, and by the way, too, uh, we will when all this stuff clears up and we get some semblance of normalcy. We are going to have a reunion, and sure. I'm going to—I mean, different era, regardless of era, you know, that you sure. played in. We're going to get together. I mean, we, we'll have an alumni game, sure, but it isn't even about that. If just mm-hmm. to come and sit and watch it, watch the current Cherokee play, uh, come and catch a game sit in the stands, have a couple pops and just tell tall tales and have a bunch of laughing. That's what, that's what, that's what the goal is. 
So, sure. you know, but but count on that. So I hope, uh, and by the way, if I don't talk to you before then, congratulations and best of luck. Is this uh, what, is this baby number one? This is baby number one, baby boy number one. We've named him Luke. So we got uh, Luke, Luke Bows. <laughs> we'll have a hockey stick in his hand. No, of course. No. <laughs> got that right. I'm just waiting until uh, how many times uh, you go around to him saying, Luke, I am your father. I know, you know, I know. It'll drive your wife crazy. <laughs> Trust me on that. She'll, yeah, she'll love it. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, it is. But, brother, I appreciate you doing this. And uh, thank you. Him. Best of luck always. And we'll chat again soon, I promise. Thanks, Thank buddy. you. And please give everybody my best uh, on, on the team as well, Omi and, and all those guys. So, Well, they're here. They'll be listening to this, so don't worry. Oh, you got good. it. But, good, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that will do it here for Episode 44 of the Cherokee Rewind. It drops every Wednesday and Saturday, and we appreciate you tuning in. Just subscribe to whatever uh, podcast or MP3 uh, carrier that you use, whether it be SoundCloud, um, I, I heart tune in Spotify, whatever, just uh, subscribe. And it'll every time that a new one drops, it will notify you. So we thank you for doing this. And we thank Paul Bose for hanging out with us and doing this as well as it's been a really good time getting to catch up again, but Hey, you know what? We'll do it each and every week, as long as I'm still able to. So glad to be back doing this. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we'll talk to you again next time, right here on the Cherokee rewind.